Good evening, church. Welcome tonight to Bible study. We have a great day today with the word of God. It's always a pleasure in God for us to meet every evening as we um, gather ourselves together Tuesdays and Thursdays and um, Saturdays as a church to fellowship together. I want to welcome you all as you join in to tonight's Bible study. I'm, I'm particularly glad because you are dedicating part of your time to the Lord in studying the word. And this is commendable. And I appreciate you all for, for tuning in tonight. Um, this is the church at Oba, Lagos, Nigeria, where we dedicate ourselves to the ministry of the word, pleasing Jesus, serving God in the power of the Holy Spirit to influence our world for Christ, both in deed and in speech, and looking forward to the coming again of the Lord as he has promised in his holy word. So that as he comes, we also be where he is. Because we're fully aware that our hope is not in this world alone. And therefore we dedicate ourselves to the ministry of the word together and prayer. And we follow the injunction in Hebrews 10, 25, which says, not forsaking the gathering of yourselves together as a manner of some, um, but encourage and, 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 and exhort one another daily in obedience. No matter what exhortation means, what encouraging to obeying God's word. Um, I will do that daily so much the more as we see the day approach. Um, and so tonight is another evening wherein we come together with the word. Um, I believe God's word today will come with power, will come with accuracy, it will come with the Holy Spirit. It will change us as a church. It will change us as individuals in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Tonight I declare over the home of everyone listening, the peace of God abiding in the home. The joy of God abide in your home. The health of God abide in your home. In the name of Jesus and the, and the tranquility, the peace, the favor, the prosperity of God will rest in your abode in the name of Jesus. The Bible says that the sound of praise and rejoicing will be heard. It doesn't matter what is what decision is right now. What matters is what the Lord is saying. And he's saying to us, the sound of rejoicing will be heard. And this is our assurance tonight that rejoicing and, and, and praise is being heard in our homes in Jesus' name. Let's pray. Father, we thank you tonight. We call me your word with joy and gladness of heart. Because it's always a thing of grace to come to feast at your table and dine with you, O oh God. Feed us with your word tonight. Lord, I pray that we encourage, we are strengthened, we are blessed. We are thought of you. And great will be our peace in Jesus' name. And somebody said with me tonight, Amen. Amen. 
All right. Um, tonight, I want to continue from where, from where we stopped, but build up a little as we go on tonight. We are, we are in Romans chapter 12. Um, Romans chapter 12 is quite an interesting um, chapter in the book of Romans. Remember um, Romans chapter 1 through 11, uh, doctrinal. But um, also, uh, I'm discovering there are also a few doctrine um, teaching also in 12, because the things we've been learning are also part of doctrine. Um, they are both doctrinal and application together. Um, and then the Apostle Paul is teaching about the gift of the Spirit in Romans 12, um, from verse 1 through 8. And but interesting enough for us to understand the gift of the spirit is a major thrust for the church. The gift of the spirit is a gift of the spirit to the church. And when I mean to the church, remember, I mean to you and I. The Bible says, for we are, we are the body of Christ and members in, in particular. So when we're talking about the gift, it's a gift of God. Hallelujah. And the gifts and calling of God are without what? Are without repentance. So if God says, I've given you a gift, folks, you have a gift from God. Now, you might not really understand how the gift of God operates or not know the dimension. But as you dig deep in God's word, as you begin to understand these things and begin to realize and accept that you have a gift, it begins to manifest, hallelujah, tonight. Um, to understand this totally, you, you, you see the Apostle Paul is very, 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 very um, concerned about the gift of the Spirit for the church. Because the church cannot function maximally without the gift. Um, but the fruit of the Spirit also stabilizes um, for Paul to talk about the gift, he has spoken more about the fruit, um, the fruit of the spirit. Um, that would be a talk for another day, but that's the reason he began um, the, the treatise on the gift of the spirit in Romans by verse 3, when he says, and I, I, I say to everyone among you that none should think of himself more, what, more highly. Now, what does that resemble? What does that word sound like? It sounds like the 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 the, the fruit of the spirit of, of kindness, see, of love, of patience, you know, of endurance, of perseverance, you know, of of you know uh, he, he, he used that singular word to encapsulate the entire fruit of the spirit, if you if you if you if you will. So the fruit of the spirit is very important um, to stabilize um, us as we exercise the gift of the spirit. But now, the gift of the spirit is for the church. And the apostle Paul talked about it in Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12, Ephesians 4, and, and, and 1 Timothy 3, you know. But uh, even in the Old Testament, we'll find in Joel 2, verse 28, where, where the prophet began to prophesy, it's going to pass in the last days, said the Lord, that I will pour my word, my spirit upon all people, all flesh. 
both male and female. He says, he says, your old men shall what? Shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see vision. Your young men shall prophesy. So the, the promise of prophesying, of visions, um, for, 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 for knowledge and wisdom and all was prophesied in the Old Testament. So the, the gift of the Spirit is fundamental to true oppressions in the church. In fact, anywhere the gift of the Spirit is on oppression, then something should be called to question. Uh, maybe tonight we can start. Uh, maybe we can start from 1 Corinthians 14. Let's turn there tonight. Let, let me show you how important this, this is as I as we build up tonight. First Corinthians 14. Let's see verse 26. That's what I'm going to. Verse 26. Now, you know, from verse, from verse actually. Uh, if you read this scripture, you should take it from actually from Romans 12. From Romans 12 to 13, 14, it comes here because Paul was building on the teaching on the gift of the spirit. And he, he went into more gift of the spirit in 13 and he went deeper in 14. Now in 14, 24, it says, how is it then? Or therefore, brethren, when ye come together, Everyone, was everyone. Now, there's something important I've seen in my study of the gift of the Spirit. It always talk about everyone. Amen. Please note that, everybody. Every time the apostle talks about the gifts of the Spirit, it talks about some people. No, everyone. That means everyone in the body of Christ has a gift. Now. Let me let me portray this point and I'll come back here. Talk with me to First Corinthians chapter chapter 12. First Corinthians 12. First Corinthians 12, just back a little bit. Let's read verse um verse 7 of 12. Please, let's go, everybody. Are you with me? Now, now uh, um there's something I want us to know because you see, um Satan is depriving the church of something. When the church has only one superstar. And you see, that's not the plan of God for the church. Yeah, God sets some as leaders, but for everyone also to manifest because the church is compacted by what every what every joint supply. So nobody is there empty. Now, quickly. Um, let me add one more scripture to my heart right now. Um, um, Ephesians chapter 4. So that I, 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 I know I won't forget it, but Ephesians 4, verse uh, 14 and 15, or 14 to 16 in particular, in 5 or 16. But, but let's go on here. Let's read through because I want to score this point. So you know, and I know, and you can, because once you know this, you begin to build your what? Your gift. Because gifts can be left unused. That's why Paul to Timothy in, 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 in 2 Timothy 1, verse 6, it says, it says, stay up from it says, stay upward the gift of God that is where in you that you received when hands was what were laid on you. That means gift of God can be left dormant. 
And I don't want anyone in the church at Oba to leave your gift dormant because, because your gift is, is, is needful for the, for, the, for the growth of the church together. But let's go on to that. I want to start the fact that the Bible says everyone. Now let's, let's read to this again. How is it then, brethren, when ye come together, every one of you had a son, had a doctrine or a teaching, had a tongue, had a revelation, had an interpretation, let all things be done unto what uh, defined. So in the church setting, the, 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 the way God designed the New Testament church is for everyone to have life in himself. Oh, amen. And the question is, you asking yourself, then what is mine? Hallelujah. Ephesians, tonight, Ephesians 4. Ephesians 4. Everyone. Because the moment you start realizing that it's for everyone, then 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 you start you start you start saying, Lord, 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 Lord I want to put my into you. Ephesians 4. Are we there tonight? Let's read um verse uh, verse 7, and then we'll come to verse verse 16. All right, verse 7 and 16. Let's let's go to Ephesians 4, 7. But unto every what everyone. Of who of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Someone say, given grace. Everyone given grace. Say, I have grace. You see now, say, I have grace because I'm a member of the body of Christ. I have grace according to the measure of God to me. It means sometimes this grace is according to what? To measure. That's why he said he gave one five, he gave one two, he gave one one. But everyone is commanded to use his talent. Because at the end of it all, we shall all account for the talent, the gift of God in our lives. Because he gave that gift for the betterment of his body. Every one of us. Every one of us. No one is left out. Let's come to verse 16 of the same um, scripture. Now remember, but Ephesians 4 is also talking about spiritual gifts. Uh, some would call it offices, but 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 in whichever way it means function. There are different forms of the pastor, of an apostle, so all right. But see, that's why it says they are they are what they are giving in measure, all right. But but to not going to build. Now, I'm not looking for a measure that's not mine, praise God. But if I have my measure, I'm going to trust God to effectively and judiciously use my measure. But let's see verse 16. It says, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which, what? Every. Have you seen the word keeping every? Every. So there's no, there's no, there's no special. Every joint, every believer has something to supply, and it's when we are all supplying that the body's word is compacted. The word of God becomes effectual. The, the, the church becomes stronger. They are stronger in ministry. We are stronger in love. We are stronger together. We are stronger in our homes. We are stronger in our environment. We are stronger with the gospel. We are stronger together. There's unity. There's there's faith. There's hope. And yeah. so every joint must supply. So you can see the word every, every, every year coming up over and over again. Now, tonight, I'm getting up because I want us to know this is important. And you must begin to find out your own area of gifting and be able to use it 
in accordance with the will and the purpose of God. Now, let me say this tonight. Gifts can be neglected. Therefore, you must see to it that your gift is being used. Hallelujah. First Timothy 4, verse 14. Let's go tonight. First Timothy 4, 14. Let's run. Hallelujah. First Timothy 4, verse 14. All right. Just let me check this out. Let's see verse 14 of 24. Let's go to say it. It says, neglect not the gift. Neglect not because if you if you eat now, it is not an excuse for you that oh Lord, I didn't know I have a gift. If you know you have a gift and you are not using it, you are neglecting it. Even if you don't even know, you are also calling what neglecting it. So it is bad for you to know and how you know you know by teaching, like we are doing tonight. God says everyone. So he said again. Neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by prophecy, with laying on of the hands of the elders of the presbytery. All right. Now, um, um, two Timothy one verse six. Don't let that again. Two Timothy one verse six. The Bible says, "Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift." You see it again. So you can neglect it, and it can be what be stirred. It can be stirred. You can you can arouse it. You can you can find it. You can you can find it to play. You can you can improve on it by the word of God by prayer. You can you can pay attention to it to to bring it to blow something. Hallelujah. So you see, you have a gift. If it's not manifested in this, you it's either you don't know or it is lying down dormant. So what do you do? By knowledge, begin to find it to flame and begin to make it to blow some um a God. Now, there's an account of a believer in Colossine that I was brought to in Christian 4, verse 17. If I name, um, uh, um, what's his name now? Uh, Archippus. What says to Archippus, Colossians 4, 17? Say to Archippus, fulfill your ministry, fulfill your service, fulfill, you see what? The word ministry is the one ready to provide. So, there's a gift of this called the gift of what of ministry or service. Archippus has left him. Maybe he's pursuing something bigger, or maybe he's looking for something else. But God says, no, stay in your place and what fulfill the ministry. So it can be left. Now, what this begin to enlighten you about? They'll start going that I have a gift, come on. God says this word, he has given me a gift. Then my 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 response now be Lord, what is it? And I think you ask a question as beginning to study the word of God, it begins to care about how do you even know you know by scripture and that we're doing tonight? But let's go on. And let me say this as we progress in this teaching. Uh, I'm not trust it so much. No one gift, no one individual gift of the spirit. Is designed by God to be sufficient for the church. No one ministry office is designed to meet all the needs of the church. Even if I'm an apostle, 
I can't do service. Even if I'm a prophet, I can't do administration. Even if I am what? By design, by the nature of the plan of God, no one person should run a show in the church. You can't. If you do, you are a child of Satan. Even Satan is not doing it alone. He delegates. So God has structured the church from all the members to what? To contribute. So stop having the mentality of coming to church to sit down and, and take and go. Begin to think, how do I contribute? And guess what? The first thing to contribute is the place of what? Of prayer and the word. So you can come to church and just stay for some 10 minutes and pray. Hallelujah. Pray that the work for the, for the, for the church that day will, will, will go far. God will, will, will bless people. You must begin to build up the way to find, the way to set, the way to know is by the word and word and prayer. He said, Pastor, I don't know my gift. Come to church, take it, Pastor, and start praying. You find it. Take the Bible and begin to read every day. You find it. But everyone has a gift. So no one gift is designed to meet the whole need of the church. It's just like somebody who can see and visit only one individual. Tomato, eat one day. Will it give you soup? No. You need tomato. You need pepper. You need onions. You need all the spices. You need everything. So the, the, the glory of God for the church is not kept in one individual. God has spread it. So, so, so no one should think of himself more, more, more highly than he ought because the plan of God is to edify his church and make his church one as all join begin to supply. That's why you can't deprive yourself of the gift. You are come to God for it on the day of judgment. That is system. Even our Lord Jesus Christ himself. The Bible says, for though he had all the anointing of the without what? Without measure. Yet he had twelve disciples. Yet he had women that, that did money ministry to it. Yes, he had one Judas who was who was what? The treasurer. He had one 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 Peter who was the megad. Jesus didn't do it alone. In Luke 8, come to me in Luke 8, Luke 8, everybody. Luke 8. Let me show you what you can see. But the Luke 8 scripture is, is one ministry, I mean, one gift in itself, which we mentioned. I'm just going to build up tonight. So we see that these things are important. Luke 8, let's read from verse 1, but I'm going to verse, verse 2. Exactly. Verse 2 and 3. See what it says there. And certain women which had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities, Mary called Magdalene, out of whom went out devils, and Joanna, the wife of Chusa, Herod's steward, and Susanna, and many others, and many others, which, see what it did, which ministered unto him of their word, of their substance, of their money, of their time, of their wealth. So when Jesus needed to go out sometimes, these women supported. When, they, when he needed to eat, they cook for him, praise God. So Jesus just mean he was no, no, he was just going from people ministering to him. And we'll know them when we get to heaven. So these women were given the substance of their time to support. Now that's Jesus. It shows that through even our Lord Jesus didn't go it alone. The gifts of others in their best ministries came together to build. So for the church at over to grow the way. God intends it. 
every one of us must begin to come to a point of maturity where you say, Lord, I'm available for you. Show me, Lord, that which you've given me, that I may contribute by prayer and the work to the growth of your work. Apostle Paul, remember him? He was a great apostle of the Gentiles. Yet, he didn't do all by himself. In fact, he had Timothy, he had Titus, you know, he had all these ones. In fact, at the point, he was even taking money from church to bring forward to Jerusalem. If he's that strong, why didn't you bring money by himself? He was preaching. There were others supporting him. Continuing money to the church. It shows you that the church is strengthening when everyone begins to play his role. And the question is, what is your role? What is your place? What is your gift? And all these gifts must be harnessed for one purpose. Teach the gospel and reveal Christ the world. Amen. The purpose of all these gifts is to what? Preach the gospel and reveal Christ in the world. Let me run tonight. I'm, I'm just building because this is important for us as we go on. Now, as we come deeper to the gift of the Spirit, there are some that requires training. You can't operate in all. That's why it gives by measure. And that's the reason you must learn to stand for wherever you pursue. Now, you can't just start teaching. Because teaching is a what? It's a gift. You can't teach. You have to learn. You have to grow. You have to spend time with the world. You have to have, of course, we'll know when the gift of teaching begins to manifest in your life. All right? So, teaching, for instance, it's not a thing you just jump into. Pastoring, you don't just jump into it. That was in our world. You find that every, now just enter Bible school or once you're a graduate, and you are married, and they see that you are opening mobile, you have a job, they make you pastor. Just, just, just come and just look, just put two, three scriptures, they make you pastor. And that's why we have many churches today that are doing the right thing. Because being a pastor is not just what you pick along the road. No, it's a thing of a God, one, and a thing that you grow into. So not all the gifts. You don't just jump into all the gifts like that. There are many of them that you require training, you require time, you require studying, you require maturity before you can actually operate in them. Um, that's what you find in 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 First Corinthians three, from verse one to eleven. Paul gave the criteria for 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 the qualification of being a pastor or a bishop or a deacon. Praise God. In fact. For the pastor, it's not to drink wine at all. For the deacon, not too much wine. Praise God. Hallelujah. There are criteria. In fact, you must be well spoken of in your environment. You must not be a young convert. That means a young convert cannot be a teacher. A young convert can be a pastor. A young convert can be a deacon. A young convert can serve. A young convert can minister. All right? You see, these are things you must learn so that as you start this, don't have to say, Pastor, tomorrow, I want to start teaching this church. I, I said that my gift is teaching. No, you can't teach that, friends. You have to go through deep study of the word of God. There are things that you can pick up as you grow, but some things must make clear as you make progress in this work because I'm coming to some things tonight. Now, maybe lastly on this thought, 
Every believer is qualified like a friend for preaching the gift of the spirit. Because it's by the gift of the spirit that the church is edified. And don't deprive the church of your gift as we come together to build. Now, for the purpose of this study, I will not digress so much outside Romans. Because if I do, we might remain there in the next one year discussing the gift of this because they are, they are, they are members and why. But let's limit ourselves to the to the to the um, um the the items by the apostle Paul in Romans 12. Now, Romans 12, we go to verse um Verse 5. But well, before I go to the five again tonight, let me reiterate again. Because for Paul to say to us by the spirit of God, he said, from verse 3, for I said through the grace given unto me to every man among you, every man among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought. You see, in our church and over, I want you to know that. God has given each and every one of us grace. And we need this grace so much in this end time. Hallelujah. We need this grace so much in the preaching of the gospel. We need these gifts to become actively operational in our lives. And none of the gifts of God in us should be stifled. Why do we need it? That what Paul said in 1 1 verse 5, he says, and when I came to you, my preaching didn't come in word alone. Hallelujah. The preaching should not come in word alone. The gospel will preach with the Holy Spirit, with power and assurance. And how are these things expressed? They express that word by the gifts of the Holy Spirit. But it says here, we must think soberly. So the gift of God must not be a, a means of Satan pulling us down in pride. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But God wants us all to manifest this gift. Now, let me take the first two I mentioned. Prophecy. The gift of prophecy is expressed, like we said in last class, by words. And it's and it's and, and, and when it comes, is the supernatural proclamation of God's word in a known language for the purpose of edification, exhortation, and what and comfort. Please note that. Is I'm begging tonight. If I'm not saying tonight, I'm not saying it and close. Now, if you remember, if you read First Corinthians 14, the apostle kept saying. That the best human gift for the church is what? The gift of prophecy. Hallelujah. Because it edifies the church. The gift of tongues is good, but it edifies individuals. It's only profitable for the church when the tongues what is interpreted. So when a tongue is interpreted, it brings comfort. Exhortation and what edification is also prophecy. So the prophetic gift is very important. And in simple terms, 
It simply means words spoken for the purpose of what? Edification, exhortation, and comfort. Now, what is edification? Because God knows that there will be children in the church that will need to reward edify. Now, basically, this is what the pastor does every Sunday. In fact, the pastor does all this. So, actually, the pastor won't preach, I don't know what, prophesying because he edifies, he exhorts, and he what? He brings word of what? Of comfort. Now, there are times also in church when people can be led to bring words of what? Of prophecy. But now, as the Spirit leads, as we submit ourselves to Him. And there are times also in church where these words can also come, but not in a preaching setting. It can be, it can be, it can be in a fellowship or in a friendship setting. So we don't need a pulpit or a setting in that sense to operate this word, these gifts. Especially the gift of what? Of edification. Because men can be edified outside the church. Men can be exalted outside the church. And men also can be covered over here. And when these things are being done, the gift, or we call it the simple gift of prophecy, is what is the operation. Now, the question is do you have the urge to speak words that edify people? You might have a gift along those lines. What's education? You get what you want. You, you, you see, you're always seeing yourself passionate about, you know, this, was, this one must know God more. I told you to you, you build men up in Christ. You feed them with the truth as you know it. Praise God. When you are doing that, that the, the, it's a sign that the gift of what? Of, of what is the promise now? The gift of, 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 of edifying is in you. Which is a subset of the gift of what? Of prophecy. Now, some of you, if you feel this lot of exhortation, and what does that mean? It means to encourage people to obey God's word. Now, it's different from education and teaching. To accept this, hey, my guy, you must do this word. Okay, let's go and preach. No, let's not, let's not do this. Let's think. I know it's hard, but let's. You are, you, are, you are gifted, you are passionate about seeing people obeying God's word. That's what exhortation. In fact, Hebrews 10 to the fact says, do not neglect the coming together of yourselves as a manner of song, but let us what daily what exhort. So actually, is this the job of everyone in church? We must keep exhorting and challenging ourselves unto what? Unto obedience. Unto obedience. That means everyone can actually operate in this gift. That's why Paul says this gift is very important in the church. So let nobody, you know, just be led back. Don't be the one they're pursuing, all right? But be the one that is actively engaging in, in important people to grow in the knowledge of God. And then also we find the word, the word of comfort. Hallelujah. Comfort. Comfort. Not everyone may have this gift, but if if if, 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 if you feel drawn to the fact that you 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 find you find joy in, in what in, in speaking what comfort of the people when someone is 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 is, is down, his mood is not he's so unhappy. 
You know what words of God to use to encourage them. You know what word of God to use to, to bring them out of their, of their situation. You know, you bring the word of soothing, a word of comfort, praise God. Bible says, thank you to God. They don't call comfort. Who does what? Who comes us in all our world, our tribulation, praise God. So that we also can have a word of comfort to the brethren that needs them, praise God. So you see, we also should have a word of comfort. So whenever we do the word of edification, of, 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 of exhortation, and, and of what? Of comfort, we're actually operating the the word of prophecy. Amen. So we can speak it. We can speak into this. We can, we can express this gift by speaking and by also writing. How many people use that word writing? Let's let's turn our Bibles to like verse 2. Second Peter 1. We can open this gift of, of edification. That means you can, you can get this done by speaking of someone. Praise God. But also, you can get it done by what? By writing it. But that's what's saying. Second Peter 1 21. Second Peter 1 21. Hallelujah. 2 Peter 1, verse 21, and I'll read from, from here. It says, For the prophecy came not in all time by the will of man, but holy men of God did what? They spake. So this can be spoken. The prophecy can be spoken. Your encouragement can be spoken. Your comfort, your comforting words can be what? Can be spoken, and your word, word, and because of word, be spoken. If you listen, and do not think that you can kill God, don't deprive the church of this gift if you have it. Don't deprive the body of Christ of your of, of, of your ministry of, of, of comfort, of exhortation, and of word education. It can be spoken. Also, it can be written. That is the times where you write the word to write it down. Like a note, you know, like 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 a letter, like like a piece of someone to encourage them, to comfort them, and to what to edify them. Let's see together tonight. First John one, first John one. So I'm saying this so you can see practical ways by which you can begin to what to put to practice the gift as you see them. You might have a gift to write, praise God. You know, you, you, you want to write and just and just pen some things down. You can write or type as you can. But let's see First John 1. Let's read from verse 1 through 4. That which was from the beginning, the apostle said, which we have what? We have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon with our hands, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled of what? The word of life. Verse 2. For the life was manifested, and we have seen it, and bear witness, and show unto you that eternal life, which was in the Father, and was manifested unto us. That, that which we have seen and heard, declare we unto you, that ye also may have fellowship with us. And truly, our fellowship is with the Father, and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And these things write we unto you that your joy may be full. Now, if there's no writing, then the message is not brought in to us. 
That means this gift, these things that, that have been handled, this truth of God can also be what be written. So, so, so if, if you are the one that's given in, 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 in writing, you know, you can write words of encouragement of someone. It can be a letter, it can be a short note, it can be one paragraph, it can be one scripture. You know, I told you, I had calls to do this a lot. I would go from room to room, visiting all the members of the fellowship. And if I don't meet some, if I meet them, I'm not here to encourage you. And I have tremendous testimonies from all those encounters then. The folks were so happy, said, Pastor, uh, thank you for coming. I'm glad you came. Now, the ones I meet, I just came to just encourage you. Don't worry, go on. The Lord with you. All things will be well. The Lord who has begun this good work in you is also able to complete it. Do not, do not be afraid. By God, you run through this troop of course 110, of course 241. By God, you scale this world. He says, see that a man played his work. He was done before kings. No man. So teach a just man and we increase the learning. And now you just get words to them that encourage them because already there are many things in your heart that brings them down. But God wants you to be able to work, to bring to bear the gift of prophecy in terms of comfort or exhortation or what edification. And strengthen them with that in words or in what in writing. So if God has blessed you in each of these ways, then why not do it? Papa said, and these things will what be right unto you. Right unto you. Amen tonight. Is all being blessed tonight? Is someone getting something tonight? So this gift can be can, can come into operation either by speech or by writing. And writing also mean by text messages, by text or WhatsApp. And guess what? When you are when you are doing this, please never do it for the purpose of exploitation. If you do, the Lord will judge you. Don't do it to be in the face of people. God sees your heart. And remember, we are in a place where we are led by the Spirit of God. For the Spirit of the prophet is what is subject. And, and, and in fact, God says, in operating these ministries, the ministry of, 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 of prophecy, let each prophet recite one, two, and three, and let others also one judge. So in your course of doing this, if we judge it to be with fraud, you'll be stopped. Amen. But God wants you with sincerity to, 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 to express that and do it with a right heart. Don't do it to be in people's faces or in people's eyes. No, do it. Don't do it to call it favor. You know, I see the Lord blessing you. I had a dream of, don't keep that dream on someone that has born in church. Let, let your, your word recruitment and, and, and comfort, not somebody that, that has money. Ah, ah. Ross, as I was praying tonight, I saw the Lord say to me, I'll give you a word. Please, let that be to the person who doesn't have money. Uh, sorry to me, man. I'm just loving now. Because God, see, these things are spiritual, and we mustn't toil with it. We mustn't, that's what Paul said. He says, let no man, because these things can be dangerous if it's not well used. But everyone must find it. You must find your own and use it to the glory of God. So the simple gift of prophecy can, can, can be operated by an individual in a church setting where the Spirit of God is moving and and even sometimes if God gives you a word from the church, you can approach the pastor, the pastor, I feel led, I feel led in my heart to give this word. 
Guess what? You will be allowed as long as the Lord confirms you in the heart of the pastor or the leadership. So God can give you a word from the church. Don't keep it down. You know, that days where you feel that this word is not for you alone. You know, if it feels for the church, please feel free to come forward and tell the pastor and you will be given opportunity to share the word in our comfort of encouragement of what? Of exhortation. Because as you express it, the more, the more you get, um, 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 the more you master it. So tonight, I'm saying all this so that you can begin to see how you can begin to operate in your area of gifting in God. Now, the second point I want to raise tonight is the gift of service. The gift of service. Now, the gift of service is also ministering, Romans 12. So the first one mentioned is prophecy, and then he mentions ministry. So let's go to tonight, Romans 12, verse 6. Haven't then gifts? Differing according to the grace given to us, whether prophecy let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith or service or ministry, let us wait. Now, the word wait is the word like an attendant. You see, an attendant waits on, on, on the guests, all right. So we serve. There's the ministry of service in church. I'm not gifted in serving. Hallelujah. Are you gifted in, in giving of your time to see that the, the, the things of God is done? When, when, when the church is doing something, are you, are you, are you available? Or sometimes when, when a pastor needs your help or to, to get something done in life or in ministry, are you available? When someone is not feeling well, are you available? When, 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 when something should be done in the house of God, are you available? Now, there's a mystery of service. And that, that we find in Acts 6. These men were serving. They were dickies. Because the word service is the word is for dickies. For dickies. And remember that every one of us, none of us is called to be served. We are all called to what? To serve. But there are those who are more prone to service than the other. You know, I remember when I was in school and um, I actually I, I saw, not envy, I used to appreciate those who, who, who are in the, in, in the, in, 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 in the unicorn organization. They're always carrying speakers. They never dress well. I remember I particularly somebody called Wale. Wale, I, I I, I certainly see him wearing shirt. It's always in t-shirt that is dirty. Because he will carry speaker, set the speaker, break it down. When, when two hours for the place to start, he'll be dead. Two hours out of fellowship, he's still there parking. I just feel wow. This and he does it with joy. You see them carrying woo. So we you know some people come to fellowship with hugging, enjoying the music. Then they will do it like 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 what in the air. I'm bossing. Some folks come there to do, but you see that you are not carrying still doesn't mean that you aren't in your own place. They are called to do that. That service, yours might be something else, maybe to sweep, maybe to sing, maybe to usher, whatever you are, you are concerned about. There's a gift that you have. 
find it and use it. Amen tonight. So there's a gift of service or ministry. It's a gift of God. God gave it to you. That's your own gift. Hallelujah. Now, someone asked me, Pastor, is this a gift of the Holy Spirit? What's the answer? Yes. Yes. So when you serve, you have now, for, for someone like me, you know, strange enough, most of these gifts actually operate in my life. I've seen myself operate in almost all of them. But as you grow up, you start, you start, you start, you start narrowing down to some to some particular. But in your course of spiritual growth, chances are that you find yourself operating in one, two, three, four, five of these gifts as you grow up in your work with God. I can see that in my own life, and I'm not the same with you. But whatever one you hold on to, hold it. Don't come to church as a mother, and all you do is just is just come to church and go home as a father. No, you can't do that. You must begin to contribute for everyone has a gift. When we say today, there's evangelism. Don't run away. Come and play your role. When we say there's, there's a giving to be done, don't shy back. Come and because it's what every joint supplies that makes the church world compacted. That's the design. That's the part of the church. No one individual, no one gift is strong enough to meet the need of the entire body of Christ. Now, tonight, before we close, I'm going to add one more. I'm going to throw one more into it tonight. I'm going to close. Now, another one is teaching. The word teaching is very strong. Teaching is a gift. Just like pastoring is a gift. Just like apostle is a gift. Just like the prophets is a gift. Just like the evangelist is a gift. Teaching. And the word to teach is very, is very, it was very strong. Let me say this tonight. Teaching is one of the gifts that you kind of start, you grow into it. So you can't say, God, make me a teacher. No, you say, God, make me a student. It is he that makes a teacher. So teaching gifts doesn't just jump on you. You grow into it, you learn it, you, you mature into it. Hallelujah. And then you don't teach as a as, as a young believer so you can know more. No. You know, some say if I start teaching, we learn no more. And the way to know more, I guess what is by is by doing. You know more of God's word by doing God's word, not teaching. When a child comes for you to teach, God will have given you experience. And, and death in him so that your life does not contradict what you teach. So the way to grow in God is to want to do the work. Now, teaching is to expound God's word. You see the word now? Exhortation is to encourage forward obedience. But in teaching, it's also exhortation. Let, let, let me say more. Teaching means to expand. You're expanding God's word for clear understanding and the, and the passing on of godly knowledge or godly doctrine. In teaching, you make known, you make bare the truth of God's word and God's doctrine 
for the for the for the for the building up of the body. In the course of teaching, edification comes. You have been exalted, and men are also more comforted. But that is the office of a teacher, an exhorter, or an edificator or edifier is necessarily not a teacher. Anyone can exhort a friend. Anyone can comfort the weary. But not everyone can teach the truth of God's doctrine. You must have learned it by personal study of the word. And that's the reason, in fact, let me say this. There is no aspect of this gift that can be done without the impute of God's word. God's word is the foundation for, for operating in any gift that God has given you. So if anyone desires any gift, the, the way to find it and grow more in it is the word studying and staying in the word. So a, a, a teacher is an instructor of others. Is a word that does go. So when, when Christ said to the apostles, they always said to them, even today, I'm going to go straight down. Please, tell me everybody there, your Bibles. We'll just check these two scriptures. Matthew 28. That's what Christ was Christ used there. And, 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 and let's see those whom he was speaking to. From verse 20 of Matthew 28, what it says, in fact, verse 18. And Jesus came and spake unto them who the disciples of the apostles. Go ye, the all power is given to me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore and what? Teach. Now, guess what? He wasn't talking to people who just got born again. No, he spoke to his own when he was being, being taken off. He called them to himself. Have not taught them himself? Have not commissioned them himself? He said, now, now you go. Now, that word go actually is part of the gifting he gave them. Hallelujah. Go. He says, go ye therefore and what? And teach. Amen. Hold your hand there. In fact, let's read down. Let's read down. And teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Now, see, teaching them to work, to observe. Now, that way, it was not based on what is what I mean, exhortation. That means part of your teaching will involve exhorting them to observe. That means Jesus pays attention to what? So people do it. So if you are gifted in, in, in loving people to obey the word, oh, what a mother's gift. I want to encourage you to that. Build it up. To observe all things, whatever I have commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of age. So teaching is for those who have been taught themselves. Hallelujah. But there are people in the church that have this word, this gift, so the church can be edified and built up and grow in love and start supplying and start becoming more like God would have us be. Now, to that fact, you start with me your Bibles to, to uh, um, thank you, Lord. Acts 13. Acts 13. Acts 13. Acts 13. I don't want to close tonight. From verse 1. 
Acts 13. And, and, and now they were in the church at Antioch, certain prophets and teachers. Wow. And their names were mentioned. For the people that were called prophets here and teachers, didn't start as prophets and teachers. Barnabas, Barnabas is often among the apostles. But he grew amongst them and became the son of what? Of consolation. He was one that went to look for, for, for Paul of Tarsus in Acts 11 and 12. But see, as they kept on in God, God began to elevate them because we're faithful in what? In small things. Bible calls Paul here a teacher. Apostle Paul didn't start as a what? An apostle. He began as a what? As a teacher. He began as an evangelist and then a teacher and then an, uh, an apostle. Let's read on to that. So now we're starting in the church at Antioch, certain prophets. I'm praying that one day in our church, or rather in God's church at Auburn, there will be prophets, there will be teachers, there will be servers, there will be givers, the revelation of all the gifts of God for one singular purpose, for the purpose of preaching the gospel and showing Christ to the world. Hallelujah. Not to show ourselves as men of God, but no, as servants of the most high God. What role I play? Let's, let, 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 let's, let's read down. Now, and teachers as Barnabas and Simeon called Niger and Lucius of Serene and Manen, which had been brought up with Herod, Herod, Herod and Saul. So Saul was a teacher. But later on, he became an apostle by Christ Jesus. What am I saying tonight? There is a gift for everyone. And I'm praying. That the Lord will reveal yours to you. That the purpose of your redemption and your addition to the eternal order will be evident. And you supply that with God has called you. Tonight I took pain and I took time to go through all this. So that we can understand the depth and the, and the, and the intention of God of the church. And how valuable and important you are in what God is doing. And the purpose of all the gift folks I repeat again is to manifest Christ in preaching and evangelism, both in our words and in our letters, in our writings, and also probably in our words, in our lives. Tonight, you have a gift. It can be comforting. It can be exhortation. It can be education. It can be service. Just, 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 just praying and just, and just seeing that God's work in the church is being done. You know, coming to take care of the lights or the toilets or, 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 or be with the pastor. Whatever the desire is in your heart to do, do it. That's a gift. It can be singing. It can be ushering. It can be carrying instruments or setting up. God gave it to you. I cannot go and carry instruments right now. I will break it. I can't carry a speaker. I can't go and connect wire. I don't know it. But when you know it, you are blessing to the house of God. There are things, there are some areas that, that God has called you into for the benefit of his church. 
Oh, do it. And the grace of God will be revealed in your heart. This is why Paul, the apostle, wrote to the church in Rome to show them how important they are in the eyes of God and reveal to us that God has given to every man a measure of grace, a measure of faith. What do I do with it? As you receive from God in church, go out in the world and give. As you come to church, you have a word in your heart. Oh, tell pastor, pastor, I feel this in my spirit for the church. Oh, why not? Go confirm it in the heart of pastor. And we'll allow you as the God leads us in oppression, but never put down that we could have put in you. Remember I said, the gift can be neglected. And if you neglect it, you are account for it. The gift can be left dormant. If it's left dormant, you are account for it. And if you even don't know, it's not an excuse. Now you know. Start in your heart. Oh, nice. Oh, start, start placing those dots. I say, ah, I think I have this gift. Maybe this is why I feel this way. If the Lord is calling that in your heart, focus on it and start building it. You can speak it, you can write it, you can type it for the benefit of the church and the body of Christ. Next teaching, or next class, we're going to continue. There's so much to teach in this, but like I said, I will narrow down on Romans 12 and complete it. But tonight, if you're taking one thing from this teaching, I, I don't know what it is, but what I want to let you know, Every one of us have a gift. For God has never designed one man to have the gift that can meet the need of the entire body. But every one of us have something. What is yours? I believe by tonight's teaching, you will have found something. And if not yet, then hold on. You will find that which God has called you and has given you a gift to benefit and bless his body. Amen. Let us pray. But I will thank you. Lord, as you've inspired, I've spoken to your people. Lord, open your eyes. That the eyes of Gehazi was open, and he saw the chariots. Lord, open the eyes of your children, and I see. And as I see, Lord, help them to do that which you've put in your heart. For the church of edified. Christ will magnify. Yield, Lord, to the move of the Spirit in the church of Auburn. Move in our midst, O God. Lord, we don't quench the Spirit. Holy Spirit will allow you, Lord, have your free reign through us. As we yield and subject ourselves to your work in obedience, we thank you. Open everyone up into that which you've called them into. Her name are glorified in our midst for prayer and thanksgiving in Jesus' name. So say amen tonight. Amen and amen and amen. Praise God. Thank you to that post for joining in. The Lord bless you. I believe you're blessed. We'll see you again next week, Tuesday, to continue. But we're meeting on Saturday for prayer meeting. Please don't miss it. Um, I, I want you to go over these words again. 
because as you listen to the word again, God speaks to you more and more, more and more, more and more. Please be doers, not hearers. For those who are here and not do, they're hypocrites. They deceive themselves. Don't be deceive ourselves. But hear and do. That's where the blessing of God really is. As, as I pray for you tonight, as you go forth and begin to practice and begin to spell by, by, by starting, you know, by praying, by, by, by engaging the gift you have, the Lord will make it clearer and stronger with and for you in Jesus' name. Amen. Good night, folks. God bless you. We'll see you again and next time. Amen.